0: Welcome back everybody today we have episode seven we got a special guest Mr. Jordan Sanders who I had the chance to talk to earlier uh, discussing kind of some of these new rule changes and just the game of golf in general so stay tuned for that we have a Genesis open recap that's gonna be very short And then we have a World Golf Championship this week in Mexico that we'll talk about, some players to look at. Uh, Really good field, top 60 or so players in the world, so going to be great to watch. Uh, Let's get going. We are in Mexico City this week. Gotta love the mariachi, man. But I'm going to start out the show by playing the recorded conversation that I had with Jordan Sanders earlier. And I've been on the hot topic of putting with the flagstick either in or out now that that rule change was made at the beginning of the year. As we all know, you were not allowed to putt with the flagstick in um, in in years past forever. That was the rule. And this year, you've seen a lot of PGA Tour players um, starting to putt with the flag in. And even just when you're out there playing, it's something that you can kind of experiment with. I, myself, uh, did not like the idea at first. Didn't even think about putting with the flagstick in. But I was playing a couple weeks ago with a buddy of mine, and we we just left the flagstick in the entire round and, and gave it a try. And I made probably a good five or six putts you know, inside the 10 to 20-foot range by leaving the flagstick in and just trying that. So, so far, it's worked for me. I kind of like it on flatter putts, you know, inside 20 feet. It just gives you a good a good aiming point. Um, also kind of a security blanket on shorter putts. You can go ahead and hit them pretty firm and uh, not worry about them catching lip and bouncing out and go ahead and just kind of hit it off the flag stick. But I had the chance to talk to Jordan Sanders, good friend of mine, collegiate golfer, and uh, ask him uh, for some input on that and, and just some other rule changes that have, have been made. Uh, since the 2019 season, since there just has been so many rule changes and uh, we're still trying to get immune to them. So I'm going to go ahead and play that conversation. Uh, enjoy. On the line to give his input on today's hot topic, putting with the pin in or out, it's collegiate golfer and good friend of mine, Jordan Sanders. Jordan, how are you doing?
1: Doing good. Thanks, Vinny, for having me on the show.
0: You got it. Uh, Jordan plays for University of North Texas as a senior this year. Uh, just getting back from Houston, play just played in a tournament. Am I correct, Jordan?
1: Yes. Uh, just finished up. Just got back into Dallas.
0: Cool, cool. How's the weather out there?
1: Uh, it was uh it was pretty brutal. Not the best uh, draw this week. Um, had some tough conditions, some some wind and some uh, rain. So yeah, yeah, wasn't, well, wasn't too much fun.
0: Real quick before we get into discussion, uh, just tell us how how are you feeling? How's the game been so far this season?
1: Well, game's good. Uh, just finished the first tournament, um, but as we wrapped up in the fall, you know, got a couple good finishes in on um, some tough courses, so confidence is is uh, moving in the right direction and looking forward to the rest of this uh, spring season.
0: Awesome. Good to hear and definitely uh, good luck on the remainder of the season. Uh, let's talk about this interesting debate that everyone in the golf world is talking about, um, and it's, it's the new rule changes and the most interesting one being putting with the pin in or out. Jordan, tell me, um do you put with the in, with the pin in or out and why?
1: Um I I've, I've kind of been experimenting with it uh on and off the course um in practice rounds is is kind of you kind of want to fiddle with it and see what type of pin pin the course has. Um you know, mm-hmm. some courses have like the thicker pins which uh really take the guessing at work out of it I mean you're going to take the pin out because I mean it, you don't want to hit a putt from five feet and have it bounce off um
0: right but, uh, and a lot of a lot of variables you know wind, right, up uphill right. uphill downhill is there a certain distance uh where you like it in or out
1: you know I, I I tend to keep it in just on the longer putts that I used to have tended um but also been working with kind of like the 12 to 15 foot range um more of the straight putts because you know I, i've noticed all the good putters um on tour spieth is is really known for if he has a 15 footer with that has quite a bit of break to it you know finding that aiming point in the fall line and uh in hitting his spot well i mean from if you have a straight putt from 12 to 15 feet having the pin in is a great reference point mm-hmm. for the center for the center of the cup and um I think I think it is is good for the, the the eye line and and just knowing just okay, there's the center of the cup and and let's make it in the center
0: right, yeah, I agree there I personally, whenever I'm in a range of like you said ten to fifteen feet and the putt's not moving much, exactly it gives me a good a good aiming point right um so definitely yeah. good there, but before we end it here, let's just talk about you know all the rule changes in general. Um, you playing in a collegiate level um, tournament wise you know tell me tell me some few other rule changes that have just kind of you know made you question yourself or even even your playing opponents
1: yeah that's a that's a funny topic because you know it, it's really kind of slowed down the the golf tournaments at the collegiate level I feel a lot of players are having to you know call for a coach or call for an official uh, just to make sure they're doing the rules properly um, you know coming from the dropping from knee height Mm -hmm. to uh, not having any more water hazards, everything's being referred to as penalty areas. And, um, you know, there's a drop with, it's like a club length and then a semi circle. So there's a lot of things that, you know, we had, we had to kind of learn. Our team actually went through a rules seminar to figure out, you know, what, what the rules are and and the, the important changes that, um, that, that are made. But, um, so far it, you know i've seen a few players uh luckily i i didn't have this instance this tournament but in the when you're in uh the ball's in the hazard you're you're able to you know take practice swings in the hazard and and touch the ground right so that's that's a Crazy. big difference um that i think is is going to be beneficial if i ever find myself in that predicament
0: right and i know you know the season's early uh you still right. you still are experimenting with all these rule changes um, so I'm sure you'll, you'll come, come across plenty of those, those awkward changes. But all right, Jordan, that's all the time we have. Uh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, hopefully I see you soon. No problem, Vinny. Love the show. All right, thank you. Thank you very much. Again, Mr. Jordan Sanders with us. Uh, appreciate your time, brother. Uh, play well the remainder of the season. We're all watching you and hoping you do well. Okay, so a real quick Genesis Open recap. We had J.B. Holmes defeating Justin Thomas. As we know, Justin Thomas kind of choking it off there at the end. But they had to fit in almost 36 holes all on Sunday. Players were talking about how they've had to get up at 4 a.m. every day because of the delays and and trying to squeeze everything in. So probably saw Thomas get a little tired there at the end. But however, it was J.B. Holmes capturing his fifth career PGA Tour victory. Some other notable names up there, Mark Leishman, 12-under, tied for fourth. Also, Rory McIlroy, 12-under, tied for fourth. Charles the third, who was a DraftKings pick, finishing solo sixth and ninth place. And, uh, by the way, don't want to forget to mention uh, Justin Thomas was my pick of the week last week. Uh, I, I predicted him to win. Uh, obviously, sadly, couldn't get it done. However, uh, we also had uh Dustin Johnson who was mentioned. I didn't personally I didn't think he was going to going to play too well because he's been traveling so much, playing so much and he really didn't start off well. Uh barely made the cut, but finished inside the top 10 along with John Rahm as another notable. Okay, and that's it for the recap. I want to go ahead and get going and talk about this World Golf Championship in Mexico City now. Okay, World Golf Championship, meaning only the best players in the world this week. So if we go ahead and look at the top, you have a Justin Thomas, who is at the top of the DraftKings uh, fantasy salary. Below him, Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Ricky Fowler, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kefka, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Tony Finau, Jordan Spieth. Um, pretty much anyone that you could think of will be in the field this week. Sorry if I am... Uh, little stuffy today allergies kicked in here last second but let's go ahead and talk about the course in the tournament there will be no cut made again only top 60 or so players so uh, every player player will play all four days so must keep that in mind when picking your fantasy team this week the course they're playing is a par 71 listed at 7300 yards although it probably plays about 15 percent shorter than that uh, thanks to the elevation in Mexico, so uh, long drivers, you know, everyone's going to be fairly there. Everybody's going to be able to keep up a little bit, so the long drivers don't get as much as an advantage this week. Um, some attackable par fours, shorter par fours, and all all par fives are reachable. So again, distance will help, but I don't think it's quite as a, as an advantage as we're we're used to seeing. Uh, greens are pretty small and tricky, pretty elevated. So that means we'll be looking for uh, players in strokes gain approach, good approach players who can stick it close and have birdie opportunities. And also just overall short game um, in case some players do miss some greens, who is good with the wedges getting up and down uh, right now. This is the third year the event has been played in Mexico. So we have just two previous winners at this course, Dustin Johnson in 2017, who came off a win the week before at Riviera. And Phil Mickelson last year who finished 5th place the week before at Riviera. So usually you want to target some players who have played well the week before. But I think due to just the long, uh, dragged out tournament that they had last week, players are going to be pretty tired, especially if they played the week before at Pebble Beach. So something to keep in mind as well when picking players this week. Okay, so already moving on to the stats of the week to look at strokes gained approach of course Justin Thomas at the top Uh, him and Gary Woodland are two players that you find at the top of nearly every category uh, that you scroll through you also have Webb Simpson up there Mark Leishman Hideki Matsuyama uh, surprisingly Danny Willett and Phil Mickelson to kinda round out uh, the top 15 or so um, and players who are playing in this event and on the European tour I went ahead and looked at that stat because Again, this is a World Golf Championship event. You're going to have European Tour players and PGA Tour players, of course. Uh, Shane Lowry, second in strokes gained approach over there. Uh, Sergio Garcia, fifth, and Ian, Ian Poulter, 11th. Okay, some, some short game stats now. Uh, I saw that Hideki leads a tour in scrambling so far this year, but I also have the spreadsheet pulled up that I got from Fantasy Golf Insiders. Um, it gave me... Let's see. It's a little spreadsheet here, so it gives me uh, every strokes gain statistic on one on one sheet, and also each player and where they rank. So if you go to that, uh, I have the strokes gained. Let's see, strokes gained around the green, strokes gained putting, strokes gained short game, and those three stats right there gave me a good hint at who is uh, who is playing well around the greens, short game wise this season. <laughs> Again, strokes gain stat is just kind of a reference uh, to the average, uh, the average field. And when pulling that up, uh, looking at the short game part of it, uh, Xander Shaufley surprisingly, or, or I shouldn't say surprisingly, he's number one in FedEx Cup. Uh, he leads in the short game statistics and nearly everything. Uh, second in putting, first in just short game overall. Uh, let's see, sixth in short game around the green. So, and you look at his ball striking stats, he's more of the middle of the pack, I'd say, when you refer to these top tier players. He's twenty-six off the tee, 21st approach, uh, 14, 22nd ball striking. So, obviously his short game is something that's kept him around uh, this season. And if we look at how he's done here in Mexico, he got a tied for 18th last year. And in 2017, uh, he did not play here. Okay, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on to the DraftKings lineup. And this week I went with a little little more conservative lineup. Since it is a World Golf Championship and the field is really good, you have a lot of players in the mid-range who could easily win this tournament. Players like Tommy Fleetwood, Gary Woodland, uh, who we're going to talk about here in a second. But let's go ahead and give you that lineup now my top tier player so my most expensive player at just 9100 so i'm skipping out on the justin thomas's the dustin johnson's and all of them i went with xander shoffley i just talked about how well the short game's been and if you look at him this season uh again he hasn't been spectacular with his irons or wedges but the short game saved him he only has one finish outside the top 25 in his last eight starts dating back to october so uh, pretty much a guaranteed uh, top 25 let's let's at least hope so and uh, he's he's just simply a player that I think will play well and be around all week Xander Shoffley okay second most expensive player we went with Hideki Matsuyama he was mentioned in both stat categories that we looked at uh, didn't play here last year but finished tied for 25th in 2017 he's in good form tied for 15th or better in his last three starts A good ball striker and short game has been on point this year. I like him at just 9,000, Hideki Matsuyama. Okay, then right below Hideki, Mark Leishman. Uh, He played this course very well through the first three rounds last year and then kind of fell apart on Sunday with a 6 over 77. But he is a birdie machine, so definitely useful in a no-cut tournament. He'll be there all four days. And since winning his fourth PGA event at the CIMB class in in October. Uh, the Australians finished second in the Australian PGA, where he was second in Greens in regulation and second in putting. Uh, fourth in the Tournament of Champions in Hawaii, where he was fourth in total driving and in overall ball striking. Third in the Sony Open, where he was ninth in scrambling. And fourth last week at the Genesis Open, where he was fourth in Greens in regulation. Mark Leishman at 8,700. I like him to be around all week as well. Okay, in our fourth player out of these six Tommy Fleetwood second here in 2017 didn't play so hot here in 2018 and he really hasn't done much so far this year Uh, hasn't finished inside the top 15 in his last uh, four events but great ball striker uh, top 20 player in the world Hasn't played much, so his schedule's just about to start and get going. So maybe this week gives him a jump start uh, to another successful season here in 2019, Tommy Fleetwood as my fourth player. Okay, and as my fifth, Gary Woodland, who I think is just an absolute steal this week. Uh, Stat of the week, he has six top tens in eight starts this season. Uh, Like I said, he's at the top of the list in nearly every stat category uh, that you can look at. And he hasn't played in the last two weeks, so very well rested. Gary Woodland, someone who I just think you can't miss at 7,900. Uh, he is my fifth player, and expect big things out of him. Okay, and as my last player, kind of just a kind of a wild card, honestly. Hasn't done much this year. Really doesn't pop out in any uh, categories as far as stats go. But I'm kind of using the same theory that I am with Tommy Fleetwood. This is Alexander Noren I'm talking about. Uh, hasn't played a whole lot either this year, but as we all know, one of the top tier golfers in the world. Uh, maybe this week gives him kind of that jump start to the season as well. Uh, just kind of a random pick, kind of a wild card. Uh, he's not going to miss the cut because there's no cut this week. So Alexander Noren, uh, obviously going to be probably not owned by many other players. So great for tournament play. And really any other play so again reviewing my team for the week we have Xander Shoffley Hideki Matsuyama Mark Leishman Tommy Fleetwood Gary Woodland and Alexander Norin I think all uh, players have a chance to kind of be in the middle of the pack at least if not better since I did go with kind of that conservative lineup I don't think we'll see really too many of them um, outside in the bottom bottom of the pack Okay, and to end it with our tip of the week, brought to you by the Academy of Golf Dynamics. www.golfdynamics.com is where you can find us. And we just had our short game school this last week, so we're going to keep it around the greens. And we're going to talk about using a hybrid uh, when you're just off the green, rather than maybe using your putter or a wedge, sand wedge. Um, I like to use the hybrid definitely during this time of the season where the grass is really thin. Uh, it's, it's hard to find good grass around the greens uh, during the winter time, and when there isn't a lot of grass under your ball, it's hard to catch a clean shot with a wedge or an iron or, or whatever you may be hitting. Um, so the hybrid, as long as you keep it to a short kind of putting stroke motion, that hybrid is actually more effective off of the green than, than a putter because one, it's a bigger metal so you don't have to take as big of a swing back and through, and two, it has more loft on it. So the ball is gonna kinda of float on top of that grass better on top of the fringe and not getting eaten up by it. I like to use a three iron hybrid. The lower the degree of hybrid, uh, the better it will work. Again, using a hybrid when you're just off the green to get it close to the hole and uh, using it as a putting motion, uh, kind of a putting thought uh, will help you save some strokes. Okay, and that is it for episode seven of Vinny's Tour Talk. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Vinny's tour cast and make sure to follow us and listen to us on iTunes or I should say subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Thank you everybody for listening. Have a good week.